Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here's your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. So good to have you with us, everybody. It is Monday, March 13th, 2017. We share that because many of you listen on a downloaded basis. I think it's important you know which week you're listening to. So anyway, good to have you here with us. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It's for mortgage professionals. And I'm just really honored that so many of you are sharing this innovative uh, app and uh, program out with so many. Uh, we just did, I did, the Arch MI sales staff is having a sales meeting in Jacksonville, Florida. They went there thinking it was going to be warm and it's cold. And so I did a video to that whole group. I mean, the number of companies that are focusing on our app and are making it the way in which their employees get information is just amazing. And it's partly because of topics such as we're going to have later on the in the hot topic segment and it's going to be on innovation we have michael kelleher joining us who's founder of easy mortgage apps the statistics that he has and the success that he has is is mind-boggling and you need to pay attention so again i say at the beginning of every podcast i'm so excited about this program and the hot topic segment but I guess I'm always excited, so I'm losing credibility on that one. But this is really interesting. Now, what's also interesting is just before this podcast today, I had, of course, this is South by Southwest is going on in Austin. So innovation has landed. This is probably as significant. Several people were saying when I was there, saying this is as significant as Davos, that type of thing. This is some of the one of the top tech uh, things going on in the world. That's where uh, South by Southwest has, has risen to and arisen to and um, rose and arisen anyway has risen to and uh, what's amazing about it is, is uh, drawing in tech companies and innovative things from around the globe. Well, anyway, I got to meet with two of the top tech companies that is presenting and was at this conference this morning, and I'm telling you, there is so much going on. And guess what? Podcasting is one of the top things that is happening. So excited! So I met with uh, Jared and his partner. Uh, uh, Isaiah this morning, who we had on the radio program shortly. I'm so intrigued with what they're doing. And uh, more on all that. We'll have them back. They, if you didn't hear last week's program, go listen to it. We had them come on for a few moments talking about some of the innovative their, things they're doing. Again, we have to sometimes go outside of our industry to look at the innovative things that we can bring back into our industry. And that's what last week's program was. And that's what this week's program is. However, it is something that's going on that's very exciting inside the industry or inside the yeah, mortgage industry so the hot topic segment is coming up here in a few minutes i'm looking at the clock so i'm interrupting myself we want to move along quickly because we have so much to talk about i want to say a special thank you to our sponsors arch mi the innovator of the new rate star program motivity solutions with real-time reporting and dashboard scorecards also velma an efficient mortgage marketing and email platform wait wait for you to get your message out Simplifile, a real-time electronic communication exchange, and the mortgage collaborative, the power of the network, and not last but not least by any means is DNH, moving your world forward through technology. And they've been in the business for 140 years with 5,500 employees worldwide, serving 8,000 clients in 70 countries. Be sure to check out their mobile app, or their—it's not actually an app; it's their 
uh, mobile ready application and how it works is really effective. It's a good LOS system, so check them out, dh.com, or call them at 1-800-815-5592. Also, I want to say a special thank you to Alice, Andy, Joe, Paul, Sam, and everyone who makes such a big contribution to this program, and one of the reasons we are number one. Let's talk about upcoming NBA conferences. We have the NBA National Technology Conference coming up in Chicago at the Hyatt Regency, March 26th through the 29th. We'll be doing a radio program from the floor. We'll be doing it from the D&H booth. Looking forward to that. Got a lot of people swinging by to talk to us. So if you're going to be at the conference, swing by, look up on the directory of booths, find where we're at, swing on by. Also, April 30th through May 6th. Uh, May 3rd, we have the National Secretary Marketing Conference and Expo in New York. We'll be doing a podcast from there. There's many other conferences and workshops going on, so I encourage you to go to the NBA Conferences and Education. You'll see that the Profit Doctor is doing a webinar when you go there as well. So check it all out. Great partnership with the NBA. We're grateful for them and uh, working closely with them. So with that all aside, that's all important stuff. It's not like we want to race through that, but we also want to find out what's going on in the markets. Joe Farr, great to have you with us each and every week, my friend. Appreciate you. Let's see here. Whoops. Did I somehow turn off? Yes, I did, Joe. I'm so sorry. There we are. I was clicking off mics. There we are. We got your mic clicked on. So anyway. We got your pressure today. Now, uh, I wish I had better news. Today's another another down day. Boy, uh, just going right. back to the 24th of February, uh, we reached a high point, uh, near the highest point of the year. But it's been almost a straight ride down since then. Um, starting on the 27th of February was when uh, Fed speakers really started hitting the uh, circuit, trying to uh, convince the market that a, a rate hike was possible in March and that uh, – the market had given uh, not enough credence to uh, that chance, and and we now sit at 95% likely, which says they did a good job. Um, the 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 Fed speakers have continued talking that way, and and uh, was cause for MBS prices falling 150 basis points over that two week time period, uh, both the first week uh, after the 24th, and then this most recent week. The uh, this week also contributed. So you got Fed speakers really pushing, and then you got good economic data. That's uh, that's the cause for the drop. Uh, surprisingly, this week it was the ADP data that was the market mover. It really exceeded expectations by a lot. Uh, MBS, uh, I'm sorry, uh, new hires were 298,000 per their um, their analysis when only 190,000 only, but when 190,000 were expected. Uh, that was a bit of a shocker, and and MBS prices fell about 25 basis points on that on the release of that data. Um, it also created a concern in the market that maybe the ex, ex, the expectations for the jobs data was understating what might come along, and we saw a little movement downward uh, ahead of the jobs report. And when the jobs report came in, uh, it's still a little worse than expected, uh, or a little better than expected. Uh, 235,000 when 190,000 was anticipated, the market recovered some of that nervousness, I guess, that uh, followed right. the ADP report. The uh, uh, average earnings were pretty much as expected as was the unemployment rate. Uh, the ECB 
last week also contributed to a little bit of a uh, drop in MBS prices. Uh, they're meeting uh, at their meeting on Thursday. The uh, Mario Draghi made the comment that uh, that there is no longer that sense of urgency to provide more stimulus. That was uh, a, a quote. And then uh, overall, the tone of the PCB meeting was a little less uh, uh, hawkish. It was a little more hawkish, a little less dovish than what they had been. So that had a negative effect on uh, MBS prices as well. So uh, looking at this week, there's a lot on the calendar this week, starting tomorrow with PPI, uh, then on Wednesday, the big day. CPI and retail sales come out at 8.30, followed by the Fed statement at 2 and a Fed press conference at 2.30. Now, with the expectations being 95% that they're going to raise rates, when they do raise rates, it's not going to be uh, 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 market moving. But what could be market moving is how they dis- how they describe their future uh, rate hike. Yeah. Uh, they'll be doing a dot plot, which may show uh, more rate hikes more quickly. Uh, in addition, any mention they might make of a change in policy regarding the balance sheet could be a big deal. So, uh, uh, as always, pay attention at 2 Eastern time on Wednesday. And then uh, Thursday, housing starts, jolts, more more uh, employment data, Philly Fed, and then industrial production on Friday. So a big week, but really pay attention on Wednesday. Yeah, so what about, I mean, ECB, that's really kind of interesting. There's a, more questions. In fact, several people just texted me about the ECB, uh, the potential there is that impact. Uh, the, the, the impact it could have on MBS prices. If you could expand that just a little bit on that, and then, you know, well, are, are we yeah. anti- are you anticipating what you're reading and hearing, Joe, anticipating a, a better than expected jolts number as well? Uh, the, all the payroll data, is, all the employment data has been uh, good here uh, these last uh, couple of reports, and so jolts could be as well. But going to the ECB, they're still in QE mode, and they're still buying, right. I, I think it's 60 to 60 billion euro, I think, that they're buying each month. And and just like with the Fed's policies regarding their balance sheet, the ECB's policy regarding their quantitative easing is could impact supply and demand of uh, investment assets, especially long-term uh, fixed-rate kind of assets. And anything that shifts the supply and demand can have an impact on prices, right? So if the ECB... Right. Uh, stops buying as much as they have been buying, that's going to reduce the demand, which could cause prices to fall. Yeah, interesting. Fascinating stuff. and Certainly a global economy. I don't know how people make decisions and whether or not to lock or hold or fold or how to talk to the consumers without a service like yours. Valuable information. Folks, you want to learn how, how you can sign up for the MBS quote line service? Stay tuned. Listen to this ad. We're going to be right back after this brief message. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteline delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect. And know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteline, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS. MBSQuoteLine.com. MBSQuoteLine.com. 
646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. So good to have you with us, everybody. Normally, we would be running out to uh, Paul Malo, but Paul is uh, not dialed in today. If I recall correctly, he has got uh, he's away on some travel. So let's get over to Alice Alvey. But before we do, check out imfnews.com. Encourage you to check it out. Great resource. So with that, we're going to run over to Alice Alvey. So good to have you with us, Alice. Did are you guys? I'm looking at the snow across many parts of the much of the country. Are you guys getting any snow up there in um, in Michigan? Yeah, we are. We got a little bit last night and a little today, but, you know, nothing we're not used to over here. But, boy, our East Coast yeah. office, you know, we have New, a New Jersey office. They're going to get it today. So They are uh, getting it. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. We had the hard the wind snow. last week. That was, that was treacherous last week. So, But uh, we're all back with power this week. So, They're uh, back with power yeah, and so, strong. But yeah. so, Well, what's the legislative update this week, Alice? So this week, a uh, couple, three topics I want to uh, zero in on. One, Humda, and then uh, credit reports and flood insurance. So, uh, and then of course the legislation that we're watching. Uh, we've got several bills that I mentioned last week. Uh, we're watching um, the typical flow of bills that didn't make it through the last session of Congress. All have to get reintroduced uh, if someone wants to still keep kind of trying to push that particular agenda. So the typical bills are back out on the table to monitor upfront MIP from FHA, um, look for improvements in the Truth in Lending Act, for the Mortgage Choice Act. We're definitely going to be watching that. And then a few other loose ends. Um, but the couple of big ones I guess I want to make sure everybody um, is watching is the one big one made is we are watching for flood insurance again. This does hit the news. It, there was a bill last session that did get passed by a Congress that was trying to require flood insurance carriers to be solvent and so, and essentially, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. It required that flood insurance requirements met state-specific um, laws. And today it's actually in the hands of Fannie and Freddie. So Fannie and Freddie get to say, here's what we want in flood insurance, and we may not accept all carriers. State law is actually maybe different or even more lenient. So from an industry standpoint, Fannie and Freddie don't want any change. They want to be in control. But there's legislation out there to say we should allow that private carriers can have a better place in the market, and let's let that they, as long as they meet state requirements, they should be eligible to provide private flood insurance. Um, so that's where the challenge comes in, right? Should it, you know, uh, Fannie and Freddie want control to say, well, we, how do we know they're solvent? How do we know that they're adequate enough to handle a big catastrophe like a Katrina, right? And um, right. what does this really uh, does this really make a difference in the market? So, in the prior administration, this only made it halfway around the uh, bases. Now we've got Senate Bill 563 and House Bill 1422, Flood Insurance Market Parity and Modernization Act, that is essentially trying to restart all this and start to move it forward. Flood insurance is a pretty big deal because when it changes, it impacts servicing a lot. It impacts the cost of the loan, right? It impacts even your borrower's monthly payment. So uh, we do watch it very closely, and we'll keep you posted on that one. The second very area good. to make sure everyone is watching is Humda. Uh, it's, you know, we're a quarter into this year. You're uh, down to just two-thirds of the time left to make sure you have your Humda house in order. <laughs> so 
Um, we are finding a lot of companies aren't aware of all the issues and how to handle the loans that will overlap at the end of 2017 to 2018. Um, so we're conducting several seminars. We'll be doing one for the Kentucky Mortgage Bankers, the Indiana Mortgage Bankers, the Michigan, Wisconsin Credit Union League. So we have quite a few groups wow. that, we'll be, yeah, <laughs> that we'll be talking to about Humda and making sure everybody understands all the nuances um, and uh, also make sure that folks understand we can certainly help them with that service and kind of cleaning out your closet before you get started on um, a new mess out there. Uh, so Humda is something that uh, picks up big fines and penalties, and we do have uh, Nation Star out there right now who's facing that kind of scrutiny. If a, a CFPB does find any type of sloppy reporting, so and actually it could be any one of your regulators, for those of you who are banks or credit unions, um, you could end up having a three-year scrub out there and then potentially even have to refile. So uh, it's better to have somebody come in, take a look at your report early on and, and know what you have um, and get it cleaned up ahead of time. Um, last but not least, I just want to give everybody um, a heads up. You know, there's uh, been a little bit of notice out there about the credit report changes, and that, you know, starting July 1st, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion are going to stop collecting and reporting substantial amounts of civil judgment and tax lien information. From a couple of folks I've talked to, this has already started. They can already see the reduction of information that's being posted. Um, so check this out, see if you're seeing a difference. Um, it really means as lenders, if I'm not going to get at Bureau anymore for reasons that they have to restrict personal identifiable information and I need to still go to another source and make sure I'm getting the full credit picture on tax lien and judgment information. Um, there are other service providers out there where you can solicit that information from, but you do need to be looking at that and make sure you don't have a gap in it. They're publishing a July 1st deadline, but is one of your providers already starting to reduce this information and you should already have a service, a backup service in place to make sure you're picking it all up. So those are my headlines on compliance and legislation today, Dave, and I'll pass it back to you. That's real good. Now, let's get clarity. Someone shot immediate text over for clarity on the tax liens. It's good. I was unaware of this, and traveling too many conferences here lately. Uh, and so when did this come out in, in the – when the when the tax liens and what specifically is no longer to be reported on the credit reports? Is it just tax liens? What else was it? So there's a potential. So there could be there's going to be a, a reduction in um, the tax lien public record based on preliminary analysis, and it could be as much as 50% of the data may not meet the enhanced um, PII requirements. So they're going to have to limit how much information they're able to report on. Um, there was an article about this in the Chicago Tribune. I will double-check. I believe you can find information out at both the Equifax Experian and TransUnion websites and from your credit provider. Uh, talk to your credit reporting provider as well, and they will give you the specifics um, based on their reporting. Very good. Thank you, Alice. Appreciate it so much. Appreciate you being here and each and every week, providing so much great content. If you want to learn how you can have Alice do a webinar for you or have her come and help your services with your services, stay tuned to this message. You can learn all about it, but you can also get a hold of her at alice.alvi at indicom.net. Indicom is spelled I-N-D-E-C-O-M-M dot net. We'll be right back after this brief word. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, 
Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. Simplifile has technology that gives you the ability to collaborate with settlement agents via real-time chat and messaging, allowing you to track changes, send, receive, and validate documents, as well as obtain status updates and deal with issues as they arise. All of this in a real-time electronic communication exchange. And best of all, you have a complete audit trail of all communications. To learn more, go to simplifile.com or call our good friend Nancy Alley at 1-800-460-5657. So good. Appreciate these sponsors. Appreciate all that's going on. We got Sam Garcia dialed in here. Sam's got a great uh, website, mortgagedaily.com, with a lot of great statistics, a lot of great news. So, Sam, it's all yours. Take it away. What you got for us today? Hey, David. Thanks for having me on. I got some interesting observations today. But uh, first, I wanted to hit up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but first, I want to hit up uh, last week's activity, new mortgage activity, based on our mortgage market index, which is basically a reflection of rate lock volume by open-close clients. Um, our index was up 14% from a week earlier last week, so it was a good week. Um, and more importantly, for the second week in a row, the volume of purchase financing activity is increasing. And in fact, it was purchase activity that drove last week's overall increase. Um, and you know, basically, the number of rate locks we tracked was the highest since November. Uh, so it was a good week overall. Uh, purchase activity rose 17%. Um, and again, it was a second week in a row. And yeah, that activity is in line with our expectations that lenders are going to do more to boost purchase money business uh, as refinances retreat. So um, as I've said before, I suspect that. Uh, if you look beyond just what the forecasts are from some of the uh, economic reports we get for the mortgage industry, I think they're going to keep boosting those purchase money forecasts beyond what they have already boosted them. But we'll see what happens, but it looks like it's headed that way now. Now, um, you know, data we reported on recently indicate that um, there's been a recent shift, and this is kind of weird, from non-banks to banks. You know, we'd seen it going the other way where what? banks were losing market I thought it share. Was- yeah, so this is is it, but it's shifting to community banks versus the big money center banks. I don't have uh, the drill down at that point or to that level at this point. But here's yeah. what we've got: um, we published a report last week. Um, we do it quarterly that showed that 517 billion uh, was originated in mortgages during the fourth quarter. Um, that was a little bit off from the third quarter when there was 568 billion in uh, originations, but right. it was well, well above $375 billion, uh, a year earlier. So um, year over year, it was good. Um, now, here's where you know, some of the information I was just talking about. Banks generated 46% of the fourth quarter number uh, based on data we get from the FDIC. Um, the market share for banks increased from 42% a year earlier, you know, in the fourth quarter of 2015. Right. 
so you know there's work that's one of the statistics and at the same time that was taking the non banks took a hit uh they saw their market share go from uh go to forty five percent in the fourth quarter of two thousand sixteen from forty eight percent in the final three months of two thousand fifteen so we saw a shift there from banks on a year over year basis from banks or to banks from non banks um, wasn't much change at credit unions based on data we get from Callahan and Associates. Their market shares uh, slipped to nine percent from ten percent on a year over year basis so again, quarterly originations in the final quarter of last year uh, bigger market share for banks and um, i don 't know I, I suspect that refinance activity, however it played out in the final quarter, might have uh, played a role in that um, you know people you know as we saw the the election uh, finish up and Trump takeover we saw rates start to rise and people uh, were basically rushing to get some of those loans closed in the final few months of the year um, you know as they knew that refinance rates wouldn't be uh, so attractive going forward um, overall for last year we we came up with 1.9 trillion in originations versus 1.7 trillion for all of 2015 now um, here's one other report uh, uh, about you know kind of the the, the shift from uh, non banks to banks in the Bureau of Labor Statistics report um, it indicated that non bank mortgage jobs fell to three hundred and thirty three thousand two hundred in January from three hundred and thirty four thousand seven hundred uh, in December uh, and the decline was the result of declining mortgage broker numbers because while jobs classified as real estate credit rose mortgage and non Mortgage, mortgage, or not mortgage and non-mortgage uh, loan broker jobs fell to 91,200 from 93,300 uh, in December. So we saw that brokers took a bigger hit uh, when it came, to, or they took a hit with jobs, whereas uh, right. their non-broker counterparts actually saw a little bit of a bump. So using our, you know, our own origination market share data that uh, I just mentioned, along with the BLS numbers, we estimate that overall mortgage industry staffing was 739,300 in January. Um, that included an estimated 337,700 positions at banks, 68,300 at credit unions, and 333,200 that was reported by the BLS for non-banks. Um, okay. Along the lines of mortgage employment, uh, Fortune put out its Fortune 100 best companies to work for, um, and the number one on that list overall was Google, which has been on that at uh, the top of the list for a while. But uh, when it comes to mortgage-related companies, uh, the the top-ranking company was Quicken Loans, which was number ten on the overall list. Um, that was the uh, that was down from their they were actually in the number five position the prior year but still among the top ten and it was the 14th year in a row that Quicken was on that list um, another one another mortgage company that was on that list was in number 27 position uh, Veterans United Home Loans um, hmm. yeah yeah so those are some of the those are what who employees basically consider to be the best places to work at least within the mortgage industry because uh, they do this based on surveys and. Uh, of course, Quicken uh, kind of has that kind of a Google atmosphere, their office, and the way things operate over there. So uh, anyway, um, moving on, Jenny May uh, issued, put out its data for its issuance. Uh, for February, MBS issuance at Jenny was $34.4 billion. That turned out to be the slowest month for the government-owned corporations since March 2016, so 
basically almost in the last year. Um, but they're, they had $1.798 trillion in outstanding mortgage-backed securities. That turned out to be the highest level on record. So the book of business is growing while the issuance is diminishing, uh, of course, all related to refinances, I'm sure. Uh, right. Finally, uh, one interesting story that we covered last week that got some traction was Nation Star. Uh, they revealed in an SEC filing that uh, they are in negotiations with the CFPB uh, over a civil penalty. And that civil penalty is uh, in relation to their Humda reporting, though more details weren't uh, available. But, uh, so that's uh, on the horizon there that the, if it all works out, they'll come to a conclusion. Didn't say it would have a material effect on their finances or anything. So it's not going to be that significant money-wise. But uh, those are some of the biggest headlines. There were actually was a lot of news over the last week. Um, uh, right. But uh, those are the ones we found the, the most interesting at this point. Yeah, I was just when I was in the at the LMA conference in uh, user conference in Las in Vegas. Vegas this last yeah Las Vegas this last week. I had several people come up and say, "Hey, I love Sam Garcia's reporting on uh, your radio program. Just love the stuff, the latest data." And I said, well, do you know Sam? They go, no, I don't. But I just there's some really good information comes out. So kudos, you're doing a good job. You get. It's nice when people hunt me down at a conference to tell me good things about everyone who contributes. So i got some positive shout-outs for you there, man. Yeah, you got a great show, and it's an honor to be on it, and I appreciate it. It's a blessing to have you here, friend. Appreciate you so much, folks. We're going to be right back after this brief break. And I just want to again say ArchMI is having their sales conference. It's fun to have them here. And Jim Jump and I were talking last night. He said he's down here in Florida. We expect it to be warmer Unfortunately, it's not. It's freezing cold down there. But anyway, Jim Jump, who is ArchMI's Chief Marketing Officer. Let's get a word from Jim. Thanks, David. We're proud to be a sponsor of your program, and we're excited about the success of ArchMI's RateStar. Our dynamic risk-based pricing program gives LOs a real competitive advantage. With RateStar, lenders can qualify more eligible first-time borrowers, including millennials. Reach out to them with revolutionary RateStar. That is truly a great product, and we appreciate so much of them being with us as a sponsor along with everyone else. Uh, Prophet Doctor's on the line. Always good to have him in the house. Andy Shell. Also, now, Andy, I think it's almost like which is a toss-up. Which one are you more for, famous for, Andy Shell or Prophet Doctor? It's almost getting to be a toss-up. But anyway, good to have you here with us, friend. Well, Dave, it's, uh, it's great to be with you as well, and I have no idea if people know me as the – as long as they know that I'm the same person, then I'm all good. Yeah, that's true. Prophet Doctor Andy Shell, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, and actually, tell me what a, you I've want. Been, I've had a business called the Prophet Doctor since the 90s, so it's been yeah, a long that's time. Right. Dave, i got a couple of admin yep. points and then a philosophical yep. point that leads to actual results. Okay, so let me jump in good. real quick. Thanks for the, the shout-out about – the accounting webinar. We have an we have another series of accounting webinars starting next month. So if you're interested in learning more about mortgage accounting, go to mba.org education and sign up for the webinars. Uh, we're actually continuing to update the content, update the, the the way that we present information to increase understandability. So when you get your financial statement that you got a couple of days ago, because everybody always gets their financial reports by the 10th of the month, right? Today's the 13th, so you got it last Friday, so everybody's good to go. 
Um, and if you didn't get it by the 13th, because they're still reconciling the balance, the, ba- the bank statements, or they're reconciling the balance sheet, or they've, you know, whatever the reason is, let's talk about it. Because if you keep up with the details, you can get your financials out fast. So we can talk about that. Now, the other thing that's keeping accounting busy is we've got our tax return deadline is coming up on the 15th, the 1120. That's the the number for the corporate tax return is due on the 15th. And if you're an LLC filing as a uh, corporation, then then that is an 1120S, and that is due uh, in two days. So don't miss that deadline. It's important to – because IRS flags you and starts paying attention more. So just – File on time. That's that's really important. So you should have your financials. You should have already looked at your corporate tax return because that stuff's already got to go in. Now to the rest of the stuff. You know, Dave, I've been I've been working a lot around the concepts of functional interdependencies impact on the customer journey. That's kind of been consuming my activity recently, mm. and that sounds like a mouthful. But customer it journey is. is just what's our customer experience? You know, are they? And that's that's part of the topic today is what's the customer's experience, and how can we more effectively support that? So the customer journey begins with how they're first contacted. It goes through the 1003. Did we take a complete? 1003, did we take it the way the customer wanted to have it taken, or did we take it the way that our LO wants to take it? I almost guarantee you it's the way the LO wanted to take it. So if a customer doesn't want to do an online app, wants to come in and talk, but the LO says everybody has to take an online app first, we've now directed our customer's journey on how the LO wants it, not on how the customer wants it. So one of the things I'd like to talk about is the golden rule versus the platinum rule. So the golden rule, Dave, you and I have talked about this for years. Golden rule is do unto others as you want to be done unto. So that would be like, buy, if, you know, Dave, you like really good Chardonnay, and you like really mm-hmm. good cabs. So you would buy me a really nice cab. Well, you know I hate cab, and I don't like dry yep. Chardonnay. So to treat me like I want to be treated, that's the platinum rule. Treat me like I want to be treated. Do unto others as they want to be done unto. And we have to do that in our customer journey. In our customer's experience in working with lenders, we need to treat them as best we can the way that they want to be treated, not the way the LO wants to treat them. And that's part of what this new app is going to talk that we're going to talk about here in just a second. So the last thing, Dave, I'll wrap up because I know we want to get on to the hot topic um, this whole notion around customer journey and functional interdependency really, really comes down to uh, management. And management means leading the staff to adapt and change as needed. So we've got to manage. And in order to manage, we have to have measurements. So we've got to have our measurements from notivity or anything else, financials, turn times, all this stuff has to be measured. And as you measure it, you then work with the staff to identify the good and the bad and the ugly, how to adapt to the changes. And we do this through encouragement and reward. Those are connected. And then we also have to have, and this is the part people mess up on most, we have to have accountability and consequence. Encouragement and reward, yep. accountability and consequence, they all come together. And management, effective management, effective managers do all four factors in order to drive change for employees to adapt to the new situation, improve their process, deal with the world around them because it's changing. It's a dynamic environment. It's going to continue to change. It's not going to slow down anytime soon. And, Dave, I'm going to stop because I, this is one of my favorite topics. I could go on and on you and on. You could go on and, and on, yeah. Just, so I'll, we'll throw 
good back to you, but stuff, thanks though. for letting me be on the show. It's good. It's always fun to have you here, Annie. It's good good feedback. You know, you also raise up the importance of KPIs, understanding your KPIs and how that ties into financial. Motivity Solutions is one of the best uh, terms. I think it's the only one out there that really does the job. It's really tailored for the mortgage industry. And we've got John Maynell on the, that's ready to provide us some the or provide us the KPI of the week. So, John, let's take a look at what you got for us this week. Thanks very much, Dave. Always great to be here. And this week's key performance indicator focuses on one of Alice's favorite topics, namely the underwriting process. And the KPI is submitted to initial decision. This is generally measured in hours, and you can either use this to measure an entire department's average turn time or even individual underwriters. Very effective if you're using balanced multi-metric scorecards to fine-tune the behaviors of individual staff members. This measurement can also guide an organization to areas upstream from underwriting that contribute to this initial cycle time, like processing, setup, or even sales, to help ensure that people in those areas produce complete and accurate files that make the absolute best use of the underwriter's time. So the broad scope makes this a very powerful metric and shows yet again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you again and turn it back to you. Appreciate you so much and everyone there at Motivity Solutions. Be sure to check it out, MotivitySolutions.com or dial 303-721-9000. I am always excited about our Hot topic segment. I'm very excited about today because not only do we have someone who's doing some very innovative things, but also one of our biggest fans and uh, loyal listeners, Michael Kelleher, is president of Easy Mortgage Apps, providing cutting-edge mobile app design to make home buying process easier and stress-free for lenders and the customers. It's good that we take think about the customer. He's really created a great experience. We're going to hear about it. He has over 10 years of experience in the mortgage industry and recently was recognized as a 40 under 40 in the mortgage, in other words, he is one of the 40 individuals that's under the age of 40. That sounds like a long, yeah, that was a long, that was almost a decade ago. Uh, it seems like, well, more than that, two, almost three decades ago for me. But anyway, he is a great guy. He has a lot of expertise in mortgage technology, millennial habits. I really want to dial into that today. And he's helping his clients navigate the intricacies of the mortgage technology world and the necessary steps to bring technology to them. So, uh, by the way, by pre- Previous to being with Mortgage Apps, he was one of the top producers um, at several companies. He has uh, started a 501c3 uh, nonprofit work, uh, networking business, and it was called the North Shore Networking Association, consistent of seven chapters with over 100 members. So a lot of experience. Yet he's into giving. A 501c3 is all about giving back, nonprofit, and we're honored to have with us Michael Kelleher. Michael, good to have you on the phone, my friend. Thank you, and and that wasn't a gimmick about listening to you. Here's the first millennial behavior. Millennials love to listen to podcasts, and 90% of people in this country keep the phone within arm's reach of them 24 hours a day, and my phone is in arm's reach in the car, and that's where I listen to you. I have a long commute, so I look forward to – I wish it was more than once a week because every week when it comes out, that's part of my commute home. 
Yeah, I was Thank just you. talking. It's interesting you say it. Uh, well, it's good to have you here and good to know that you're a loyal listener and a, and a big advocate for the program. We're excited to have our program on your app here as soon as we release the new website. We're very close to You know, to the testimony about mobile apps, I really think what's interesting is that I was talking to someone who I'd given some business advice to um, about three years ago. They went through a lot of stuff going on, but they launched their business as their, their initiative that they're working on. And by using Periscope, they have connected with and have consistent following of 20,000 consumers. That blew my mind. And that happened in a relatively short period of time because of the content, what they'd gone through and what they were sharing with consumers. It was, it blew my mind. They went from zero to 20,000 overnight. So this is an important topic, and I'm really excited to have you here. But for those that do not understand or know much about your company, what is Easy Mortgage Apps, LLC? Tell us a little bit about your company. Will do. And uh, even before I get to that, that Periscope idea is a great reinforcement of a theme I'd like to be with you throughout the show, which is, Mobile is really an opportunity for everybody to start at the starting line all over again. So if you want to get to the top 20%, it's the the fastest pathway there because everybody really is starting. And that's what we recognize. So Easy Mortgage Apps helps mortgages or mortgage companies quickly transform from moving at the speed of email to the speed of text. We like to say we bridge Ah. the gap between the verbal loan officer and the nonverbal consumers. We are the specialists in enterprise mobile app development and the rollouts and the support that goes with it. So we include everyone in the ecosystem and stress that your enterprise can make money in this app in more ways than just being an LO tool, which I can get into yeah, with Alex and Andy and you. Yeah, but you that your statistics. I want to get into the, some of the statistics of what you're getting for borrower interaction and how frequent and interesting the realtors are down. Give us some of the statistics about what's happening out there. This should get people's attention. Okay, perfect. Um, so we're averaging over 1,000 borrowers a day who are in process download our app every day. And we have over 10,000 realtors. Yeah, wow. which gives access to more KPIs than uh, you could ever imagine to help move the loan faster. But what it shows is, regardless of the loan officer's uh, involvement in it, the consumers are expecting it, and that's the way they want to do business, and they are downloading it consistently every day as soon as they're notified and apps available. A thousand a day, not a thousand a month, a thousand a day. That's amazing. And 10,000 realtors are yeah. So 10,000 realtors are tracking it, meaning they're downloading their lender's app and they're logging in and understanding the more deals they give to this lender, the more access in this pipeline they can now track deals. And whether that is, on average, the consumer and real estate agents log in over 23 times a month. So the consumer's 23 times on average and the realtor's about 29 times. But it's not just logging in. Yeah, it's it, it's the well, push notifications a, too. So these push yeah, that's really some of the also. things. That, yeah, that's some of the things that you have in there. But let's talk about the number of lenders that you have that are signed up. You're getting a good number of lenders already. This is not just some fringy thing. You're you're getting some pretty mainline lenders. Talk about that. Yeah, we've rolled out on a corporate level over or right about at 150 lenders from independent mortgage bankers to credit unions. Uh, really hot lately has been community banks. Over 50 community banks have use our system to connect with their consumers and their realtors and even internally. Um, that's 
thanks in part to the experience and testimonials as well as our compliance and SOC 2. And the companies love how internally their people feel like they built the app with us. So we want to be seen as an app development type company. Um, gr great example is your guest from December issue, uh, Kevin Stitt at Gateway Funding. We were just down there and I thought it was cool after listening to it and how much he gives back to see on site how he's organized enough to do it. And uh, even the in-house minister he mentioned walked through the room and all I could think about was looking on lending. So it's cool to connect yeah, with so your radio cast as well. Yeah, for those that did not listen to that uh, podcast, go back and listen to it. It was right around Christmas. In fact, I think it was literally over Christmas uh, holiday that we, we featured Kevin and some of the things he's doing there to and give back to the community, but also give back and uh, really minister to the needs of his own staff. It was pretty cool. So Now, there are a lot of mobile app companies popping up around there. What is the difference? What is your difference? What's your differentiating factor? Our clients would say support. So when you roll out a mobile app, it's going to touch your in our case, your consumers, bar, co-bar, et cetera, and our ability to handle the support on weeknights, weekends, when they'll be in it, in less than an hour, sometimes in 20 minutes, and help them get through it. We also have the most experience in rolling out a truly mobile ecosystem. They're in our space, or they say they're mobile. They're usually building a tool for the LO um, or somebody specific. We're different because every one of our roles in the past has been enterprise, and every six months our app has a new portal. So we don't just have the technology, we have the best experience in ways to roll it out to companies small and large. And that allows us in the long run to be where we want to be, and I believe no one else has anything close to that because of the head start we've had. So what do you need? Um, so I guess what, uh, what I'm hitting at is – is your, contain, is your company like a container company or a content company? I first heard the idea from a, a mentor in this industry, Jim Deitch, and it hit home when listening to uh, social media expert Gary Vanderchuk actually mentions it on his YouTube station. Uh, and it reinforced the idea I had been practicing from when I met Jim. But we want to be the ultimate container in this industry. So we want to deliver every part of the loan cycle as well as not just what you want from a manufacturing, but when do you want certain vendors to hit the appropriate user in a compliant manner at the appropriate time? And those read rates will be at 17 seconds. We actually guarantee 93% of the reads will be within two minutes of anybody. So wow. we also want to keep it simple too. Um, let me give you an example. So there's a lot of vendors out there competing for what they think of the, the same piece of the pie. And I believe we create a new experience or access for those vendors um, at the exact time the lenders want. I don't think we take away from any of their offerings of their mobile apps. And MBS quote line is the perfect example. So when you hit the MBS quote line button in our app, it gives you quick information you need in the moment related to the market. We don't have to offer everything to the LO that their mobile experience does. We're the container to offer the lighter version of a vendor's mobile experience, again, to the appropriate party at the appropriate time, and us being able to handle that data and deliver that it's on the back end, all the 5,200 or more queries that allow us to deliver that is what makes us so special. 
you got some unique stuff there. We got Scott, who's on the line here. He's the president, founder, owner of MBS Quote Line, and uh, very close with Joe. Uh, works obviously closely with Joe, is the owner operator of the. I mean, not the operator, but owner, uh, founder of the company, MBS Quote Line. And so, Scott, we got you on the line. It's so good to have you on. We don't get to. We've had you on at different times. We need to have you on every once in a while. Good to have you here. But you were recently at LE, or excuse me, at the Lender One conference. I think it was one of the conferences out there and i wanted to get your perspective of what you saw as it relates to the success of mbs quote line on this app yes and good to join you again dave yeah we were at lenders yeah. one and it's interesting what it what michael has done with easy mortgage apps really speaks to that platinum rule that we were talking about earlier doing to others as they would want to be done and yeah. The world is going mobile, and it was amazing the reception of this app at Lenders One, just the buzz about it. And we're excited to be in it. Uh, his team, Michael's team, has put together a pretty slick app. I have a demo, and I get all the push notifications and everything. And we have our market information inside the app. And there's no better place for an originator to have market information other than in that customer management experience and it's such a seamless process if if you have credentials we pass a token there's no login and you just switch very easily between different pages screens and the app market information so whenever you need it it's there with a the touch of a button you don't need to go to another icon or sign into another site so yeah, very uh, cool. it, it's just a nice fit yeah it dovetails into it really well and really impressed with what they've done with the whole app well, it's always good to get testimonies of people that are actually using these things and, and how easy it is. So I appreciate that, man. we got to get you back on occasionally, Scott. It's good to hear your voice again, friend. But I want to get on to some of the other <laughs> things you. that you're talking. It's always fun, Scott. Dude, stay in touch, man. Uh, also, Michael, what you're doing with uh, Optimal Blue, that's given an example of that. That's a, another feature on your app. Is it is that the type of companies that 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 are providing the this the ecosystem that you're talking about MBS Quote Line Optimal Blue etc. Yeah, so we provide the ecosystem to the the lender. So say it's Andy Stewart over at Pearl. Anybody who logs into Pearl, it recognizes who they are, mm-hmm. and based on their email. And if they log in, it recognizes a email at Pearl. It'll pull up that loan officer's pipeline as well as their MBS quote ah. line. And when they see a rate or a trend they want, then they will hit the optimal blue button, and it pulls up specific to their comp plan their optimal blue pricer. And so it's quick pricing, five, ten fields they have to fill out, and it will not just give the pricing. It will give back the, the coupon or the amount of bits they can use towards closing costs and eligibility. So what we become is an average loan officer prices 35 times per lock. Well, how much more convenient would that be if you were doing it on the go or right there in an open house in front of everybody? And how much even more convenient if you just fingerprint log in and price real quick? And what I was saying is we're the light version. Obviously, you can go on their mobile site and look at your pipelines and everything, but we'll let them do that. We want to make this real simple because that's the key to mobile. Yeah, and keeping it simple is really important. But when, when you say everyone, who do you mean? Is I mean, everyone, is it buyers, agents? I mean, who's in the quote-unquote everyone status? Yeah, and loan officers always ask, you know, what does this mean for me? I think it's a great opportunity to go sell channel partners because 
you can have the buyer's agent and the seller's agent with different views and different permissions. Then you could have the REMAX broker owner or the U.S. Realty closing coordinator or the Century 21 owner from their beach. As long as they're giving you deals, they can micromanage or keep up to track or, or get quick updates. Or as Andy said, how they want to be treated. They want to access it there, and they want it to be simple. It could be builders yeah. looking at their draw milestones, which a lot of Texas companies use. Or in um, Chicago, we have a lot of attorneys that have it. Um, and the new one that they love now is we release the regional manager who doesn't produce, who manages nine branches, can sort by the branch, then sort by the LO, and be able to see real quick what is going on in a light manner, not in the way everybody raves about like KP Patel was raving about motivity down at Lenders One, not on a deep dive, just real quick, get the information you need or be able to swipe right the call or look at when the closing date is. Um, and the borrower is probably the biggest beneficiary because the co-borrower can now log in and communicate. So now that co-borrower touches the loan 23 times from in process. And I don't know if you or Alice or Andy have numbers on how much a co-borrower gets updates throughout the process nowadays, but I don't know the studies have, but my guess is it's usually just one person getting the update, and that's not how they want to be treated either. And mobile's changing that. They have access to the information when they want, where they want, and they're getting it everywhere else from Amazon. They know when their family members are ordering and when it's coming. To pizza, they're tracking it. To now, yep. a, a lot of companies know now lending too. Yeah, I think it's it's essential. Like a lot, a lot one person just texted me and said, Dave, you know, really interesting information. I mean, is this an ad for this? I said, no, what we're trying to do is make you, our listeners, aware of the various things that are out here that are capable of helping you, like Andy said, create a successful experience. I think that's just so important. You know, you did not mention the loan officer in the above listing. I, at least I didn't hear that. I don't recall that. Why is that? I think the problem is, and again, Andy touched on it, it's not what the loan officer wants. I think the loan officer thinks improving the consumer experience is them talking to the consumer more. And it's a nonverbal <laughs> environment now. It's like Andy's saying, you know, why is it, why is it somebody giving him a, a type of wine that he doesn't want? I mean, that's a really good point. Very good point. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, we can leave it at that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this yeah, one so bridges the gap between that verbal loan officer and the nonverbal yeah. communication. Um, so we connect with the loan officer through the goodies, like we talked about MBS quote line or um, or Optimal Blue. Or here, I got another stat for you that's going to wow you: um, the ability to create a prequal for qualified borrowers all weekend long or at night. In March alone, we've had over 10,000 prequals issued from our platform, which this is why it's so such a great stat. That means we've saved 10,000 barbecues, or actually it's too cold for barbecues, but we've saved 10,000 <laughs> night evenings with the family where you might have to go back and find a computer or drive to a laptop or excuse yourself. You can do it in less than a minute, and it's the exact prequal following the exact guidelines compliance-wise that loan officers would issue if they had to go run and find a computer. And I actually think it's safer because it's it's right there in their pocket. The laptop isn't in their car or somewhere it shouldn't be. 
Again, some questions emailed in here. We're going to get to some of those. Uh, you know, one of them has to do with integration, things like that. But let's, you know, how did you start eMortgage? I think this is easy mortgage apps started where and what was the genesis of this? Is it, you know, to try to be the end-all, be-all, everything? Or do you really find it through APIs? I'm hearing so much talk about APIs now. The integration is so much easier. So one of the uh, a number of questions that are rolling in is, does this work with LMA? Does this work with Lending QB? I mean, how, is this sit on in front of that? Or how does this work in, in the full ecosystem? Explain that. Yeah, so, so be, before I even explain us, it, the idea is you send over your logo, you send over your look, your feel, and we'll build you an app in the Android store and the iPhone, uh, iStore. Okay. And you'll build it just like you would design a car online or just like you would design a shoe. You're going to pick the permissions for each portal that you decide you want. And then it's going to run off of your LOS. So all the ones you mentioned and probably all the ones um, I know Sam had mentioned open, close, another one. Um, yep. I know you have mortgage bought on here, another one. And then you plug in your vendors where you think they're appropriate. So their new mobile solution is awesome. But did you know that a conversion rates on a native app are 125% higher inside the native app? So whatever mm. conversion rates you're getting from them, times it by 125 if inside your app when they hit start application rather than being on something on our platform, they're actually on their platform, but inside, let's say, Genie at Van Dyke's mobile app. Right. And that's very the interesting. Um, so, so, so talk about yeah. a little bit of where you know, where Genesis, where did you start? I mean, a lot of people wonder, should I go out and create one? Uh, or should I work with you? Why did you start this? And you know, what was your original vision? So there's a saying in Boston, and at the meetings I attend, uh, in native development, ideas are cheap. Uh, execution is expensive. So <laughs> on that true. theme, it's amazing. Uh, there's actually five jobs for every one app developer now. Um, so it's an interesting market out there. And the idea with us, started uh, with a mobile app for nonprofits, like you mentioned, the, the nonprofit I was for communicating. And then it quickly went to, well, why not have an app for what we know best, the mortgage industry? At the time, it was a entrepreneur-like idea more than a vision of what we were going to solve. Um, and then what should it be? Oh, it should update the consumer. Okay. Uh, then I began selling the idea by cold calling people from Google in California that had mortgage companies uh, or branches and just ask if they had a you know, what, do you have a mobile app? They would probably have no idea. And I'd say, can I speak to who's in charge of your app in the iStore? So anybody who's a fan of cold calling, this company really was created on cold calling. Uh, then I had a wow, I meetings that night with 40 people on these go-to meetings from California, and I'd be selling them pictures or, or mock-ups of what it was going to do. And once I had three LOIs on medium-sized companies, um, the developer shopping began and ended up with a co-founder, Joe Spano, and he won because his idea was not just the consumer, but make it an ecosystem. He wrote apps for school systems that dealt with HIPAA laws involving children and teachers and students all being connected. And he knew possible data problems we would run into, like what if a parent had two kids with the same last name or used the same email. Uh, he, also wrote, yeah. he also wrote apps for the largest hospital. Um, in Boston, connecting patients with staffs. And you'll like this. So he even wrote a DocuSign piece that passed the hospital compliance. And there's a Mortgage News Daily article on this 
um, that allowed doctors and RNs to sign right away uh, from tablets. And we actually still have that DocuSign integration, and we actually have a signed partnership with DocuSign. Um, the only thing we're lacking is permission from your LOS to be able to e-sign next week if you wanted. So it's really cool. We have a lot of stuff available. We have a lot of stuff waiting on certain things to happen. But Joe, um, you know, really took us to another level and really helped us be the first one to be native out there on the market. And, and one of the special parts about being native is the security. Uh, the fact that we're fully native means that you really get to track and measure every single button press, and therefore you can either have encouragements and rewards based on button press or consequences if they're not pressing it, but you get to dive deeper in your KPIs. Um, and then from there, we uh, mentored by Michael Anderson from Anderson Financial. He helped us with um, to, to look for some small angels, and then so, we landed yeah. with the accelerator. Uh, so we're actually part of the number 11 accelerator, according to CNBC, Rev Up Beta Spring. And so Alan Tier, Melissa Withers, but Alan Tier does a lot of uh, mentoring with me to get where we are today. Yeah, it's it's really encouraging to see you know where it's come from, and I think it's important to stress that you've had to you've spent a lot of time and money developing this. I mean, why would someone go out and develop something that's already working? I think when we look at you know someone selecting a vendor, someone talks to me about says I'm going to create my own LOS. I go, yeah, there may be a need for it. I'm not totally against it, but you're going to have to really explain to me why anyone's going to want to go out and create their own app when something like this does exist. You know. I'm looking at the time, and I want to jump to some mobile facts. And I want to just so people start listening to what is going on out there. If you could run through, and we're and we're at the top of the hour, and then I want to get around to Alice and Joe and Andy uh, with some of their questions, if they might have as they're listening to this. So give us some mobile facts, and then we're going to start with Alice, Joe, and, and get around to Andy. All right? Applications are read at a 17-second read rate. Uh, that's because the average person unlocks their phone 80 times a day, regardless of age. So when you send out a push, you're going to show up on their home screen. Zillow did a study, found that 75% of all their traffic on weeknights and weekends comes uh, from their app, their native app. And wow. 88% what percent? Of all did of you your, say 75%? Did you say 75%? On week, yes, on weeknights and weekends, correct. Wow. And then 88% of all of your clients check their phone at least once before they go to work. And I think that's the most promising stat for you. If you know they're going to check it before they go to work every day and you know they're in our app 23 times a day, why can't you close it faster? And why does it have to just be an LO tool? Why can't it also be a processor tool? That's the other fact, too, is by making an app for a processor, the processor can now text the, the consumer without the consumer knowing the processor's cell phone. And that's often the barrier keeping a processor from texting a consumer that was texting the loan officer the whole time, and now it just stops. And that, again, is not the experience they want. Man, fascinating. 88% of your clients will check their phone at least once before going to work. So if you're looking at our experience, going back to the wine, do you like white wine, white wine, or no wine? I mean, whatever. The, what is the experience that customer wants? And that's telegraphing exactly what's going on. Uh, I see that Alice had to drop and go away. Let's open the phone line up to Joe Farr and then head over to Andy Shell. Joe, you got uh, questions or comments as we go through this? Well, uh Michael, I'd love to hear more about the realtor's benefit from having access to this information and then how that yeah. – uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, um, 
you know, a realtor that, that has this access information through you, if they like it, they're going to continue to send you deals. So talk a little bit about what kind of information the, the realtor can glean from this app. Sure. The, the realtor gets push notifications anytime there's a milestone updated. And they also have a calendar of important dates, commitment date, closing date. They have the closing information, so directions to the closing, wire information, so you don't get any false emails trying to fish that out. Plus, their favorite button is so simple. It's the contact button, so they know everybody that's going to be at the closing, everybody's name on the way to the closing. And sometimes it's just the little buttons that go a long way. Obviously, mobile capture, being able to take pictures of documents and get it over as a PDF are important. But I think just having everybody, that entire pipeline, at your fingertips, being able to swipe right the call, being able to know everybody involved, it starts to act like Uber for them, where they know where they are now and can track where they're going. In fact, I talked to a listing agent, uh, number one listing agent in Western Massachusetts. You can get her on if you want. She says she usually gets a tie, like three deals now, because inventory is so low. And she would choose the company that used this app if there was a tie, because at least she would know she would get updates the whole time. Yeah, that's important, that communication. That's right. good. Andy. Hi, guys. Well, one quick side note. You mentioned about uh, the processors don't want to text with their personal phone because they don't want their number out. I just I just ordered Uber Eats yesterday to get some food, and the guy was lost. And I and I texted him, but I, I didn't like texting him because I now he's got my cell phone number. Not that it's that big a deal, but I'd rather him not. So we've got a new world of data, right, but we still have some old security rules, and we also have around data, and we also have an expanding consumer protection mindset around data, driver's license, social security numbers. And you mentioned that your app supports the healthcare industry with um, HIPAA, and there's just massive amounts of rules there around privacy. Uh, but in the mortgage lending world, how do you address all of the security concerns and preserve security through this advanced new data exchange world? A lot of it is storing it on the Amazon cloud or keeping everything on the the Amazon server that we use, um, a similar one from what I've heard Ellie Mae is going over to, and not storing anything at easy mortgage apps. And therefore, we can keep up to date on all of the compliance. And then the Android and the iPhone take care of itself as far as being able to identify who people are and keeping a strong security system in place. And then being native and not being uh, web inside brings an extra layer of security that keeps any outside intruder from being able to enter. Really interesting. That there, so there are some security features built in. Yeah, Andy, do you have anything else? I want fun. No, no, I, I could go on and on and on. This could be a very long conversation, but very exciting. Thanks. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm looking at the all the stuff here. So, do you see yourselves? The last question, and then we got to wrap it up. There's so much we didn't get to, but do you really see yourself? Passing Rocket Mortgage, that's what it's really called. Quicken's Rocket Mortgage has called so much attention to the need for an app. And, you know, you can't pump gas now without having the TV screen on the at the gas station. I find those things completely irritating. But without having a Rocket Mortgage app, ad pop up there. So 
when it comes to companies marketing this, getting out there, do you really think that this is a rocket mortgage app killer per se? I think this is where it's going, experience. So once you get them in, the ultimate play will be retention, not the rocket getting them in. So I think this takes care of, of retention. And after they close, being able to make payments on the app, and when they're ready to move, you're the person they use. But as far as the rocket goes, everybody loves to quote Wayne Gretzky, go where the puck's going, not where it is now. Yeah. But yeah. we can, in a matter of a month or two, because of a relationship with Android and and in the iPhone, know who you are, and you would just put in the last four digits of your social, you don't need to press all those buttons or go through any of the rocket. It can already get everything except bank statements, and we have an incredible relationship with Form Free, and if you haven't seen it in our app, it's, I mean, it's the same thing the rocket uses, but you can get everything in four digits except the bank statement, and then go through the bank statement, and you're done. It's um, the, the rocket is almost eventually going to be a thing of the past probably by the end of the summer in how it and how it operates. Wow. But it still only works for mobile people. So a desktop yeah. solution, you still need the rocket. Desktop solution, you still need a lot out there. But we are mobile first, kind of like Snapchat doesn't have a website, and they're doing just great. you got to get yourself in the mindset of your consumers and your realtors. They are all on mobile. And even you as decision yeah. makers are on mobile a lot more than you're giving yourself credit for. And so we want to help you make your company mobile. Well, there's. how can people get a hold of you? I'm looking at the time. We just got to wrap this up. So how can people get a hold of you uh, to learn more? And uh, I encourage our listeners to do so. so how, how's, what's the best way? Yeah, if you email michael at emanow.com, that's for easy mortgage apps, N-O-W. Yep. So michael at emanow.com and just ask pull-through data, I'll send you back pull-through data of five different companies closing anything from 300 to 1,100 units a month and their experience on the, um, on the app, and you'll be wowed at the, at the stats. You can also reach out to me on LinkedIn, but because I'm on the mobile app, I'll probably message you more than you'd like. So you're calling that one. <laughs> That's what I tell you. I'm, I'm really loving the messaging feature. It's, it's really nice. Appreciate you so much being here with us. It's been a joy, Michael, to have you on, one of our regular listeners. And then, uh, is, and then also, I'm looking forward to getting our new uh, radio program app up there on your uh, screen and have you share it. So, again, folks, we've had Michael Kelleher, who is the president of Easy Mortgage Apps, as our guest for the last uh, 30 minutes or so going on. We could go on and on with that. So I encourage you to reach out to him and get a hold of Michael to learn more. Next week's program, we had thought we were going to have Ari on this week. We had to move them some things around. Uh, Ari's traveling schedule, so I really appreciate Michael. We had scheduled for next week to come on this week. Ari Kiern will be coming on next week to talk about some legislative updates and some new information that's really important that you know. It's good to have you with us, everybody. Have a great rest of your week and look forward to having you back here next week. And while you're out there this week tell someone else about the radio program appreciate it have a great week everybody this has been licking on lending a weekly mortgage market update with your host david Lickin of transformational mortgage solutions join us again next week and thank you for listening